there, Don D'Antoni here at World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason. And with me today is one of Oregon's great singers, Shirley Nanette. She's sung it all, jazz, soul, blues, you name it. She'll be a part of the Albina Soul Review on Friday, November 16th at the Alberta Rose Theater, along with many other vintage soul musicians, shall we say. We've never met, although she'll call my KMHD show now and then when she likes something I've played. I have been looking forward to talking with Shirley Nanette. Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason. Uh, so glad to see you. So wonderful to meet you, finally. <laughs> we, t- we talk on the phone during, during my radio show. I know, but you know, you, when you're doing a show, you can only talk for so long. Oh, I know, because I'm, you know? I'm in the middle of a million things, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, you're amazing. You're an amazing man. You well, took thank me you. back so far with the <laughs> memories. I'm going, whoa, let me call a time. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you're here. Um, Thank you. I know um, that there's a, a, a big show coming up, and I don't know very much about it. Um, so uh, when is it? It's, it's Friday the 16th. Yes. So tell me about it. What? Well, it's a... What's, it's, what's it called? It, it's called Albinus Soul, Albinus Soul Review. All right. And it's bringing... It, it says... It, it, well, it's featuring the unsung heroes of Portland well, you're soul. Well, not, you're not unsung. Well, you're sung. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's like there's always so many other groups and things that, you know, that are put out in the forefront. And a lot of these people uh, in Portland now, they've never heard of these groups that yeah. were so wonderful. Even yeah. when Ural back in the day had a had a group. I mean, that was, oh, that was so amazing. It was uh-huh. amazing. I wish I could have seen that. Oh, it was something to behold. The music, yeah. the talent back in the day. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Now what are we talking about? Talking about the 70s? We're talking about. The 60s? We're talking about the, the middle 60s. Middle 60s. 70s. Ooh, boy. You know, 80s, you know, early yeah, 80s. But, yeah. I mean, from the late, from the middle 60s through the 70s, it was unbelievable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So much talent yeah. that you could see. I mean, singing and dancing and so, you know, people who gave you when you're coming up learning the craft uh-huh. that you could look at and you go, hmm, uh-huh. you know, I, I, well, I want to uh, be like that. Well, who did you look at and, and, and feel that way? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, first, I, I can go back a little bit. I grew up with a lot of music in my household, and my mother... You had a pretty good cousin, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mel Brown. Yeah, (laughs) but but my mother's father was Mm -hmm. cousin to Bessie Smith. Whoa. You know, and so, you know, when I... Wait a minute. Yeah. Your mother's father was Bessie Smith's cousin? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was really cool to know because I didn't know really much about Bessie Smith then, but my mother informed me about that, and there was so much music to so many different genres uh-huh. when I was growing up, you know, that I got to hear. I couldn't decide what I wanted to do at first. First, I wanted to be a ballet. I took ballet. Uh-huh. I wanted to tap dance, you know. And so I took tapping. And then there used to be a show on the radio called the Firestone Theater. Uh-huh. 
And I would listen to that. And there was this lady named Risa Stevens. Oh, yeah. And she had a beautiful voice. And so I wanted to be an opera singer. Mm. Okay, that's, I really wanted to be an opera singer. And I'd be going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I wanted to sing Carmen and all of that <laughs> stuff, you know. So <clears throat> then there was R&B and there was country and western sons of the pioneers and bb king and uh-huh. uh, you know all of these different people uh listening to and then now we're talking about late 50s early 60s talking about mid 50s late 50s we're talking about oh, let's see in the let's see in the 50s you, yeah you could say around in there you know yeah. because yeah. um i was little yeah. You know, and I, and I loved all this stuff. I got hip to Sarah Vaughn and, uh-huh. and Ella Fitzgerald and, and um, uh, Dinah Washington and just so many people to listen to. I was, there wasn't a lack of listening to different genres of uh-huh. Peggy Lee, yeah. you know, singing Joey, Joey, I love me. We used to put on this, my brother and um, what was the other side of that? The way you did, did it. You can't take that away from me. So oh, yeah. there was this gentleman who lived next door when uh-huh. we moved from where we were after my dad died, and his name was Mr. Taylor. Okay, uh-huh. and he used to wear this derby, and he had this cane. You know, they were they were white people. You know, but uh-huh. our neighborhood was just is every neighborhood was always so really cool. You know, uh-huh. and so and really tight together. So Mr. Taylor had this cane. And so he would walk around to the drugstore on Mississippi and Shaver, okay, and to the to the soda, to the RX, the Rexall pharmacy there, because uh-huh. they had a soda fountain. He'd go have him yeah. a little. So he'd come back home, and Miss Taylor would be there, you know, cooking dinner and all of this, you know. <laughs> so anyway, we got this. So when she got sick, and she passed, um, I was always fond of this cane, okay. And so uh, when Mr. Taylor started getting sick and everything. He gave me the cane. I think he gave me the derby, too. Wow. And so my brother and I would do these skits in the living room for my mother. Okay. <laughs> you know, with that, they, with Peggy Lee saying, they can't take that away from me. <laughs> and then I got, it, you know, and all of this, when that started to happen, I, my mother and I would watch these Broadway shows on TV. You know, the Anne, what's her name? Um, the tap dancer. Um, Anne? Yeah. Oh, golly, uh-huh. I, can't, I can't think of where the last name is right now. But anyway, she was a tap dancer. And, and Ann the, Miller? Yes. Ann Miller, yeah. You know, yeah. she could really tap. Yeah, and, sure. And, and I like the whole scene of the, the way Hollywood used to do the musicals and uh-huh. all of that stuff. And, uh-huh. oh, I was into it. Marilyn Monroe, I had a <laughs> scarf where Marilyn Monroe did a, a thing one time on TV. It was going... She sang, a chicka chicka boom, chick boom, a chicka chicka boom, chick boom, and then she go, love what I dream, dream what I love, a chicka chicka boom. So I got this scarf and I put it around my head where the pop would hang down in the back, and I'd throw it down like that, you know, toss my head like yeah. if I had this flowing hair going on, you know. And so. Did you have a big voice back then? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, it was because how, my mother sang. How young were you? Oh, golly. I had to be about, during that time, I had to be about 9, 10. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know. 
Thank you. I, I had to be about nine, ten. And so it was just so much fun because, and then my mother and I would sing duets. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, I started to, re I was so involved, music was just inside my soul. Uh -huh. And so um, further on down the line, I started to do a little singing here and there. And when I was about 12, I did my first the, I used to babysit for these, this guy that I knew and his wife. And so on Sundays at the Elks Club, they would have these little things like a jam session type of thing. Uh -huh. And he played guitar, and so I learned three songs, okay, <laughs> that I could do there. And one of them was Etta James, All I Could Do Was Cry. Oh, yeah. And then the next one was I Idolize You by Ike and Tina Turner. Okay. And the third one was The Blues. So I get up there and do that, and then when I got done, I'd go home, you know, because I didn't live very far from there. So that really got me started, and and um, then I started to sing different places, you know, a little bit here as I got older, maybe about fourteen, fifteen, uh -huh. somewhere around in there. And so uh, then I did a thing at Vans Olympic Room, which it's torn down now on Fremont and Vancouver. Oh yeah, and. Um, so the first gig, everybody that played in that band, they're gone, you know. Now, was that the place, the last place standing before they tore it down? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I got $25 for a whole for two nights. Wow. I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my first paying job, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so it was, it was some exciting things mm -hmm. going on at that time. And then it just evolved into other musical things and bam so um, nowadays you're known for jazz singing mm -hmm. you know but you were a soul singer back then oh yeah 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 then my uh, a gentleman that married my first cousin who was from Texas mm -hmm. um, she came up here and she moved up here and they got married and all of that you know and had a couple kids and but he was into jazz. Uh-huh. And I was semi into jazz listening to it anyway. You know, I, was, I had so many genres of music going through my head from opera, from blues, to country and western, to, uh -huh. you know, jazz and all of that. Because there was a guy named Ernie Freeman. You oh, know, yeah. I still have 78s, uh -huh. too. And I'm not getting rid of my 78s, you know. <laughs> and, and I would listen to all this instrumental. Now, is that the same Ernie Freeman that had that, the, the, the hit with the, the um, sort of uh, rock and roll version of In the Mood? Is that the same Ernie Freeman? You know what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, man, I dug his plan, uh -huh. you know. Was he a and, sax player? No, he was a piano player. Piano player, okay. He was a piano player. And so... Then this cousin, he became a cousin, like, you know, mm -hmm. he uh, turned me on to jazz. We talk about Sergio Mendez, uh -huh. Ama Jamal, yeah. and, and so on, you know, and yeah. I'm going, oh, well, I like this, you know, and so I started really getting into jazz, too, so I had a plethora of different yeah. types of music yeah. in me. I'm still trying to... I'm still trying to get my mind around a little girl singing Etta James. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, and I could sing it, too, you know? Really? Oh, yeah, they were loving it. You know, you it was cool. You could belt it out like Etta James? It was cool, yeah. <laughs> I heard church bells ring 
And I heard a choir singing. Okay. All right. (laughs) I mean, it was was just so cool because I had someone to help me. At the time, his name was, well, his name was Richard Parker. And Mm -hmm. then he changed his name to Rico Lopez. You know, and he played guitar and he sang, and he became very popular uh, in the or in the area. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why did he change his name to Rico Lopez? You know what? I have no idea. You know, he's passed now. Yeah. But yeah. I hadn't seen him for such a long time. When he, I think I saw him one time because I always called him Richard Parker. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like people want to change their name to Google Gobble Game, and know. I'm going, okay, now, but blah 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 blah. I mean, there were a lot of name changes going on back then, mm-hmm. but there was mostly like changing the changing the guy's name to Muhammad or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there wasn't I, and, a lot of wasn't a lot of Rico going. But on. the thing of it is, even when they would do something, like, I know some people right now, and. And they've changed their name to, to something like that, like yeah. Muhammad or whatever. Yeah. You know. But I've always known them as blah, 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 right. blah. Right. So, and they don't, they're not offended because they go, this is Shirley, you uh, yes, know, type yes. of thing. And it's not, I'm not being disrespectful, but how are you going to have me remember this after I've been knowing you by this name all my life? I had a roommate, a guy, right? And then later on, he became... Miss Robin, you know, he just changes changes his first and last name, and everything else. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you, it's good. It, it, well, it's good you can do that these days. It but, is, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah. But you know what? When people call me by my maiden name, uh-huh. you know, I answer because yeah. I know when they call me that. I know they know me. Oh, yeah. They've been knowing me since. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's my name. I don't care. How people feel like when they change their name um, uh, back to to something else. Uh-huh. This is what my parents gave me. Yeah. Now, whoever gave them that name, I can't do anything about that. You know what I'm saying? So, but this is my name, and I'm yeah. keeping it, and that's the bottom line. So, get back to this this, I'm sorry, this gig. No, no, it's fine. It's good. It's good. <laughs> get back to the gig for a minute. Um, the MC is your friend and mine, Calvin Walker. Is another one of those guys. Yep. Who, if you ask him a question, he's talking ten minutes later. Yep. Just fine. It's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is good. It's we good. We did a gig in Canada. I have to tell you about that. Yeah. Back when he had a, a, the big fro. No, this was in the seventies. Oh. We. I have we, an album of his. Really. With a big fro. Yes. Oh, indeed. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I was the only one who had any money on the gig. You oh know? no. I mean, you know, when we drove, I had a 1973 Buick Riviera. Oh yes. Okay. Ooh. I called it my brown bullet. You know. Yeah. And, and it was cool, but we drove from Portland to you know. Canada, and we did a gig through there, and it, it was interesting, but, but we had fun. <laughs> so he's the MC. Yes, that's wonderful. And Tony O is the, is the band director, huh? Tony mm-hmm. Ozier. Tony who? Tony Ozier, band director. Where is that at? Under oh, Calizan. you know what? Yeah. Oh, I think I'd met him the other night. Yeah, Tony's a, Tony's a, Tony's a trip. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, so um, who is Greg Smith? Greg Smith. God, I haven't seen Greg since, since he left here. It must be 20 or so years ago. Huh. And uh, he is a singer and a trumpet player mm-hmm. and a showman. Ah. And he's, you know, he organized himself a big band, you know, type of thing. And, mm-hmm. and he gets out front and he does his thing. He, you know, at one point in time, 
um, I think someone had mentioned that he had passed. And when I found out that Greg was alive, you know, just here lately, um, I was excited about it because he's really, really good, you know. Um, mm -hmm. The Beyonds, uh, they're a wonderful uh, group, too, you know. Um, Who are they? They are a group, uh, well, they were kind of, they, they followed like a group, what was the name of that group? The Street Corner Singers. Oh, oh, oh like the Persuasions? Well, well, they were kind of a cappella at first. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and the first one was the Street Corner Singers. There were three guys. Mm -hmm. And they, they knocked it out of the park. Uh -huh. And so then, you know, then I think a lot of these young men, they were younger than the guys that I'm talking about. I see. But they, they followed up, and they're dynamite. I haven't heard them in many years. But they're very, very talented, and they have, um, like, uh, Lester McFarlane, mm -hmm. uh, who plays uh, guitar and bass and writes like crazy. He had mm -hmm. left here and moved to California, and he is an amazing talent. So this is a big reunion, isn't it? Yeah. It wow. really Jimmy Sanders, uh -huh. who was... Uh, him and his brother, Johnny Sanders. Johnny passed, I think, a year uh -huh. ago or something. And um, and he so these guys moved to like Tennessee, I believe it was. Wow. And talk about whew, keyboard talent! Oh my mm. lord! When we, I first sang with him when he was really young, up to the upstairs lounge, mm. which is on Russell and MLK. Well, it's it's in that block between yeah. Knott and and Russell. Right. And because my partner was one of the co-owners of the upstairs lounge, ah. and so uh, he. <clears throat> I remember the first tune that I did with uh, Jimmy Sanders. It was one, two, three, falling in love with you is easy for me. Come on, let's fall in love. It's easy. Boom, 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 boom. Like taking candy from a baby. You know, I mean, that he was the only one who could play that, you really? know? Yeah. yeah, it was really. And then during that time also, um, Thera had come into Portland, and I think from Florida is where mm -hmm. he was from, and with a group called Willie Gresham and the Free Food Ticket. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and so when they came in, people would come up and ask, where was the free food? <laughs> you know, but all of these people, a lot of these people, uh, you know, Thera's not here anymore. Right. Uh, Johnny Sanders isn't here anymore, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jimmy's brother. Um, so see, I see Miss Etta is, is in, in the lineup. Who is that? Arietta. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Arietta and Marilyn Keller. Mm -hmm. Danny Osborne, he'll be playing with me on the set. Randy Monroe. Uh, we go back since he was a young kid. Uh, Paul Nall Sr., mm -hmm. you know, but I don't Calvin's know. Calvin's not going to play? Who is that? Isn't Calvin going to play? You know what? I don't know. I'm not sure about Somebody that. Somebody ought to just push him in front of a set of drums or just hand him a mic. I know it. I know it. Because <laughs> he can play some drums. Yeah. Let me tell yeah, you, he yeah. can. And then... Um, now, tell me about this gangsters thing. You know what? The gangsters... I, it's been so long since I heard them, uh, but they were a hot pop rhythm and R&B group, too. Yeah. You know, Lester McFarlane was also in that, mm -hmm. and Randy Monroe and Ken Berry, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Donnie, Donnie, Danny Osborne, which we used to play together out to... Um, 
the keyhole, which was on 102nd and Halsey, uh-huh. where the court, car toys is right now. Oh. <laughs> that used to be a play. Oh, let me tell you about that right quick. All right. So I know I'm all over the place. No, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, we, were, I, we were playing in a group called Overtime mm-hmm. with uh, Richard Burdell, uh, who passed of ALS, um, uh, Glenn Holstrom, oh. who just passed this mm-hmm. year, uh, also uh, Ron Maricini, who was the drummer. And so there's only a few of us left that was in that group. But we were hot. We were hot. We'd play from, what was it, 9.15 to 2.30. And then we'd have a break and come back on from 4. Wait a minute. You play that without stopping? No, no, we'd have a break in between there. But the hours we played was 9.15 to 2.30. We had breaks in between. And then we'd go back on from like... From 4.30 or something like that until 7, something, what was it, <laughs> something 3 to 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> so one night while we were playing, well, there was a lot of people who came in and, and sat in and stuff, entertainers, yeah. famous people. And so Buddy Miles came in one night. <laughs> and when he came in, he, he was ready to play. He had played someplace, maybe uh-huh. the Paramount or something like that. And so... Uh, he got up and he played the drums and I sang, my mind is going through them changes. Because <laughs> we did all kinds of music. Yeah. There was like a stair, a spiral stairwell that I would come down oh, yeah. and then there was this ramp, you know, like you would do a fashion show that I'd come down and the strobe light be coming on and, and I'd be singing. You know, we went from the Doobie Brothers to, to uh, Gladys Knight to Etta James to to, uh, you name it, we did it all, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but anyway, back to the gangsters. They were, they were really, I mean, tight. Yeah. You know, playing horns and mm-hmm. singing and guitars and everything. And, and there's, there's Jimmy said, I mean, uh, is that Jimmy back there? So, that might be. Um, well, that. but the thing is, they're they're having an album release from a, yeah. a 1972 album. Wow, that's the same year that I did my album. Yeah, Calvin was telling me that this album has no tracks. There's no tra- there's no separation between tracks. It's all one thing. I can believe it. <laughs> Back in the day, you know, people could do some crazy things, right. you know, but it's like. It's just amazing because sometimes um, when you hear some jazz records that the thing just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. on. It's like I have a tape when I was singing and and, uh, Ronnie was at Delavance. Yeah. You know, and um, uh, Eddie Harris came in, Uh you know, and they played a tune that's going on and on and on and on and some great Shat, <laughs> you know what I mean. And um, but it's interesting to have. It, it's like you need to have some space and then come back and say part two or, yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This has got to be interesting, I, right? Right. I, now I Miles know. used to do that. He would put he would put out. I mean, the whole side would be just the one side. Yeah. You know, just one tune. But Miles could get away with anything. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. You know, <laughs> and did. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he did. He did. Yeah. You know, I used to think about, wow, Miles Davis. I, I liked him when he didn't get so far out back in the early days. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's uh-huh. like I have uh, some of his 
stuff a little bit later than that, too. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, I stopped because I went to see Miles at Portland uh, uh, up here. You know, uh, what is this college up here? Uh, uh, Portland State? Thank you. Yeah. Portland State. Yeah. My mind is going too fast. Sorry. Sorry. Portland State in the gym. Okay? Oh. Ah. So here we all are sitting in the gym waiting for Miles Davis to show up. <laughs> We're waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's hot in that. There's no air conditioning in that gym. Okay? <laughs> so finally, Miles comes on in with his uh, entourage and finally and I'm just ex- excited then okay he starts playing and he turns his back yes. to the audience and he would just and it was I was so pissed off <laughs> I didn't know what to do and I listened to the whole thing and I said I will never go see Miles Davis in person again <laughs> he turned around a little bit, but then he turned right back around with his back. It's like, who does he think he is? He thinks he's Miles Davis. You know, I mean, <laughs> he and uh, Sly and the Family Stone, they were always late. And I said, I would never go back to see them either. I didn't. And I'm, ha- I'm happy that his uh, career is coming back up. He's, he's gone through a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I'm hoping that he grasps the talent that he still, I'm sure he still has. Yeah. Well, he just got paid. You heard about that. Yeah. 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 Finally got paid for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what, what are you going to sing at this show? I'm going to sing stuff that was written by my best friend, whom uh, we lost in September, uh, Hank Sworn, uh-huh. that we collaborated on, oh, wow, you know, and he would have been really excited about all this, you know. I mean, yeah. we even got a write up in Billboard, you know. Wow. Yeah. And, um, but we only had, <laughs> we only had like one day to do this in the studio. And that was one my day. Partner, yep, one day my partner. This, he was he was trying to discourage me from doing music. Okay, he oh. could see that I was really in it, you know. And we did it over in Vancouver at Ripcord Studios. Uh-huh. And uh, but Hank and I worked a lot, you know, together. We talk about the songs and and how it the mental concept of it of of the lyrics and what we were feeling and you know because there's more songs than what was on this this album yeah. and somebody's tried to. Uh, we, we, you know, hijack it at this point in time, and I, I'm not having it. Wow. You know, and uh, but nevertheless, uh, this band that's playing behind me, ooh, on the on the record, no, or on, 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 the on, on the show, okay. Because Billy Larkin is gone. Uh-huh. Uh Hank Warren just passed. Yeah. Uh, Dale Smith, who was the drummer, uh-huh. he's gone. Their memory is gone. Yeah. He did the horn arrangements. Uh, so there's me and me and and uh, the bass player. Oh, and uh, George Lawson is still here, mm-hmm. and um, George George's uh, nephew, George Brown, little George we call him, who played the bass. He's still here. Me. So there's only three of us left. Wow. So some of these guys you've talked about before are going to be are going to be playing uh, are gonna be playing behind you. 
Um, no, I, I, I never met these guys except oh. for Danny Osborne. So who's, who's going to be playing behind you then? So I don't know the other guys, but I know okay. Danny will be playing keyboards. There's an, uh-huh. I met all these people the other night that I didn't know, so I can't remember yeah. them. But yeah. another guy will be playing Oregon. A drummer, wonderful drummer, wonderful bass player, guitar player, uh-huh. uh, three horns. And so, uh, bam. So how'd the rehearsal go? It went great. Yeah? Yep. You know, because I changed, I tweaked a few things, uh-huh. you know, on it uh, that I, you know, like I have the bass player doing some stuff to, to start something out and just mm-hmm. showing his funk and yeah. stuff like that, you know, yeah. and uh, it's, it's wonderful. You know, I mean, it, I'm honored to be a part of this and to do this material, which I haven't done yeah. since, uh, Probably the, the 70s, you know, except for doing a thing with uh, Ural at Doug Fur. Uh-huh. Uh, I did All of Your Life uh-huh. and, um, and something else. But uh, other than that, I haven't done these songs in, in many, many years. And wow. So I got to kind of remember some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I do a lot, but and when I sing these songs, it takes me back. To Hank and I, uh-huh. you know, we never had a romantic thing, uh-huh. but we loved one another. Oh yeah, we 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 were soul love. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, when I found and when I found out that he passed, uh, I was destroyed. Mm. I um, was gonna go by his house and take him some stuff. I had made some apple butter and mm-hmm. you know and stuff like that and. And I had a bunch of stuff to do, and a lot of times I would take him to the grocery store if he wanted to go because he wasn't driving anymore and, and everything like that. And then Lee Rynell, who is a, who is a wonderful writer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, the people that Hank would talk to would be myself and uh, Lee Rynell and his daughter and her husband. And, you know, that's the way it was. He mm-hmm. wouldn't pick up the phone, you know. And so, <laughs> so but we, we would watch TV. Yeah. And, uh, you know, certain things on TV like Undercover Boss and yeah. Shark Tank and Hell's Kitchen and uh-huh. MasterChef. And, uh-huh. and he liked comedies and videos. He had tons of videos. And so during the commercials, we would talk about what was happening on the show or whatever it was. And then when after the commercials was going up, we said, okay, I'll call you back. You know, and then we, <laughs> and then we were night owls, you know. And yeah. so, you know, we might, I might hear all of your life on the the radio or something like that, and I go, Hank, they're playing all of your life, or, or something on there, and uh, it was, um, it has been so hard. Yeah. Norman uh, Sylvester, I was sleeping uh, uh, one morning, and Norman Sylvester called me up, and I thought he was, when I answered the phone, I was just grabbed the phone by my bed, and, and he, um, I, I thought, when I heard his voice, I was thinking, oh, he's, gonna, he's talking about something else that we had talked about. And he said, hi, Shirley, this is Norman. I said, hey. And so he says, uh, Hank Swan died, oh. and I just screamed. Mm. I, I... I was so um, 
this year has been so hard. Yeah. There's been so many people that I know that they're gone. Carl Smith, Andre St. James, Glenn Holstrom. Um, It's like when uh, Janice and Linda, you know, I mean, there's been so many people that has left here and so I have been trying to just pull my my spirit back because that's what what he would want me to do. So in a way you're honoring him with yeah. this with this gig. Yeah. Yeah. And to do this yeah. I wanna do it. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean I really wanna do it because he was such a special kind man. Mm-hmm. You know, and um I am honored to be able to to do this on mm-hmm. behalf of Hank's farm. So do you have more rehearsing to do? Yeah, I think we're going to do uh, one short one, I think, coming up, and then we'll do one the day uh, you know, oh. of the uh-huh. early, I think, the sound check or something. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow, I'm sorry. No, no. I, no, uh, no. I have reconciled within myself that Hank would want me to Of course he would. Be strong. Yeah. And knowing that this is inevitable for everybody. Right. And it was just his time. Yeah. And I've connected with a daughter of his that I had never met. We I planned on meeting her and her husband. He was mm. he had a chance to be walk her down the aisle when she got married. I think it was about a year or so ago, you mm-hmm. know, not long. And uh, he was so happy. And so it's wonderful to be able to have this connection with this young lady. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be able to be on a lineup mm-hmm. with all these talented people. Yeah. Because they really are talented. I hope you get to come. Yeah. You know. Uh, After my show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's wonderful that this happened. Uh, I just found out about it this year, uh, a mm-hmm. few months back, mm-hmm. but and I didn't really know what the lineup was at the time. Well, looking at this, you're the headliner. <laughs> I know that. That's yeah. I'm I'm honored. Let me ask you something. Um, Excuse what, me. Uh, I, what, what role did Mel Brown play in 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 uh, in, in, in your musical career? He really, he really didn't, you know, yeah. it, except for, um, you know, Hank and Mel mm-hmm. and Billy Larkin, mm-hmm. you know, they played down to the Cotton Club. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this young man who used to, uh, there was a grocery store across the street from the house I lived on. I'll, for some reason, my mother will pick the corner house, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so across the street <clears throat> from, from where I lived, there was a grocery store. Hills Grocery, and they had a son named John, who was named after his father, mm-hmm. and Mike. And Mike, they're white, you know, they're Irish. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know why I'm saying white, because I, I haven't seen a white person yet. <laughs> you know, this, this is white. I have, I'm sorry, white. I haven't. So, so, but anyway, um, so Mike played the drums. Uh-huh. And so he was instrumental in Mel 
getting his talent. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. And so Mel went on to play and, and play and he, you know, and just got better and better and better, you know, and uh, then they start playing down to the Cotton Club and, and that's mm-hmm. where I met. This was like in the, I wasn't even old enough to get in there. You know right. what I mean? It's right. like, yeah. I put on this heavy makeup yeah, to well, try I to Mel make... Mel wasn't it. old enough to get in there when he was playing. No, but to get... <laughs> You know, to, to make myself look yeah. older so that I could put on these eyebrows and this mascara and this lipstick and put on these clothes and try to act grown, you know what I mean? And so I got in there for a long time, you know? And then just before I turned 21, Paul wouldn't let me in. He must have found out somebody must have told him that I was underage. But I, I got to see them play. They were dynamic. They had this swag about them, you know. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. they had floor shows where yeah. Mel and them would play behind these strippers and stuff like yeah. that yeah. and female yeah. impersonators that uh-huh. would blow your mind. You know, there was this one uh, uh, female impersonator called Sir Lady Java. Ooh, that was a fine... I mean, his legs, his face, long hair in a French twist outfits that was a killer and then at the end he would come he would change his clothes into like manly clothes like a tuxedo and come out and says I just wanted to tell you that I'm a man and, and a lot of these men a lot of those men didn't they didn't believe it you know? they just didn't believe it because he was so he was so impeccable you know yeah, but yeah, yeah. Mel and those guys they were wonderful. Mel, after that, I, Mel started working with many different groups, some of the Motown people yeah. and, and stuff like that. And Hank went to uh, uh, Earl Grant, you know, and then Mel was there for a little while, you know. But Hank was there until after Mel, after uh, Earl Grant died in that car accident, you yeah. know. And then he played a lot around with other people, and then pretty soon he, you know, he came on back to Portland and, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. just didn't... We did some stuff, and uh, but then I think he just decided, you know, it was just too much stuff that people were not being paid like they needed to be paid yeah. for the amount of work that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Then he found out he could work every night playing music and be an accountant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was way later on. You yeah, know, that was yeah. way later on. But, yeah. you know, <clears throat> his talent just blossomed. Yep. You know, and yep. everything like that. Play, he's a show-type drummer. You know, I mean, you know, played yeah, a lot absolutely. of shows and yeah. things like that. Yeah. You know, with Martha Reeves and and So and you were never on a gig with him? I'm trying to... Oh, yeah. I, when I won this contest, when I won the first original Star Search in 1983, <laughs> and, with the, and the, the host of the, the show was called Fantasy, with Leslie Uggermans and Peter Marshall, they uh-huh. were the hosts, yeah. and they would go around making people's fantasies go true. Yeah. So come true. So, what happened is, um, Mel and and George and Phil were in Las Vegas. Phil Baker at, and George Mitchell. Yes, mm-hmm. and they were uh, playing at Caesar's Palace with Diana. Okay. Yeah. Right. So George still does. Which yeah, George, George still does. Well, you know, <laughs> what happened is is uh, we were playing at the Hobbit after they came from Fifty Second and. Around there, you know, uh-huh. to, to play, and when Hobbit moved to, um, what was it? yeah? Anyway, they moved, and so they so anyway, I ended up coming being with them. Yeah. And so then Mel got George and Phil on the gig, Phil Baker and George Mitchell on the uh-huh. gig with Diana. Yeah. So in the meantime, here I'm back in Portland, 
and they and my beautician says to me, she says, Shirley, this is Charlene. That's the way she would talk. She she said now she would go to bed at ten thirty every night and she had this little clicker that she could be in bed and turn her TV off. Uh-huh. And so usually she would sleep about ten thirty. Right. So she's in the bed and she's watching this show. I don't know anything about it because I'm doing something totally different. Mm-hmm. And she says, There's a show I saw on TV and you enter that. You enter that, okay? I said, okay, because I, I didn't believe that she, I think that she was sleeping and dreamed it. And so, so she kept bugging me about it. So finally she says to me, Shirley, did you enter that program? <laughs> and I said, you better enter that program. You're going you're to win everything. <laughs> and I said, okay. So two hours before the deadline, I go down to KGW <laughs> and enter a tape uh-huh. of where am I going from Sweet Charity? Uh-huh. So, next thing I know, I get a call that few days later that I was one of the finalist contestants. I'm thinking all I win is a coffee mug and an appearance on AM Northwest. Okay? <laughs> so, oh, I forgot to bring you something. So, anyway, here I am, and they tell me that there is a a finalist thing at Washington Square uh-huh. and that I'm one of the people to perform at Washington Square and I'm thinking all this is is a coffee mug and an appearance on AM Northwest. <laughs> this is the night of Motown 25. Oh. When, when Mel and them were on, you know, George and them were on TV for mm-hmm. Motown 25. So I got there and I sing something and blah, blah, blah. And somebody else sings, a few people sing something. Because I think it was only three of three contestants or four. So finally they decided they were going to have two people sing something over to see which one they were going to choose. <laughs> so I'm going, okay, so I have me a song ready. So I get up there and I, I sing my, the person get up there, she sings her song. And so finally, so they chose me. Uh-huh. So I'm going, oh, that's really cool. So, you know, <laughs> so I, I get the coffee mug. And I'm think going to AM Northwest, but I find out it's more intricate than that. I find out that I'm supposed to go to Las Vegas, okay, and appear um, and have a swimsuit. There's other contestants around that's involved with this. A swimsuit thing, so it would be in Jet Magazine or something. I, I, it was weird. And so but I got a gig with the symphony in Seattle, so... I'm going to have to miss a couple of days of this thing in Las Vegas. Yeah. So I go on and do my thing in, in Seattle with the, with the Symphony of Pops concert. I fly to uh, 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 Vegas. Las Vegas, get there, they do this swimsuit. So I get there and I find out. Wait, that you, had, you had to do a swimsuit competition? Yeah. Even though you're just you're a singer? Yeah. What did that have to they, do with it? It was like they wanted us to have some <laughs> photos posed in a swimsuit or <laughs> And I'm going, this is crazy. So then, anyway, so we do this, and when that's over, they say, okay, now you're going to beautiful downtown Burbank. And, I'm, and I start to find out little bits and pieces about what this is all about, because I don't have a clue. And so I get there, and the next thing you know, um, we're supposed to go and do our song at NBC Studios. So... I get a cab comes to pick me up. 
beautiful downtown Burbank is beautiful downtown shit, okay? Yeah, that's, that's not And good. so this cab driver gets me there and everything, and so we're sitting back there waiting and, and everything. Uh, we, we have a rehearsal in one of the studios, and Johnny Carson's got his show going over here, getting <laughs> ready to have over there. And so I'm, as I'm waiting... Who passes by me but Robin Williams? And I look at him, and all I can think of saying is, Nanu, Nanu. <laughs> and he laughed and smiled. So then I'm still waiting. And so the Johnny Carson show is going on, and I'm standing back in the, they have a skit in the, in the audience that says, is, is it feed a fever or starve a cold type of thing? With people in the audience, you know, guys acting like that. And I'm, going, what, what is going on here? So anyway, this other guy knocks this guy, he tell me he doesn't really hit him, but he knocks him and he fall, comes down the stairs and I'm standing in the background, you know, standing there and they pan evidently and catch me in the wings back there. <laughs> but I don't know this. So I go and do my thing and everything. There's people from Baltimore and, and uh, California uh-huh. and Chicago and Detroit and Hawaii and Tennessee and Baltimore and uh, Boston and so I get there and the next thing you know I get back the cab driver takes me back to the hotel he's speeding so he gets a $500 ticket oh okay so I get there and then I turn on the TV and I'm wanting to see Johnny it's the Johnny Carson the one I just saw and I see myself <laughs> when they panned back there I did, with me with the a jazz society T-shirt on with a, a blue one with a, a trumpet across the front of it. You know, I'm going to go to the show. So finally, we get there, and anyway, to make a long story short, I win this contest, which was a national contest, and it was—I have to tell you the rest of that another time. But so, I get a gig. I can either go to Hawaii, or wait a minute, I I get a gig either in Las Vegas, or no, Las Vegas at the Tropicana. So, Mel, Phil Baker, and George Mitchell are almost about to wrap up their gig with Diana at Caesars. Yeah. So guess what? I get them to come on over to the Tropicana <laughs> and we do a gig there. <laughs> and so that was really fun, but come uh, uh, less than 10 years ago, I think it is, some musician gave me this Las Vegas bro, it was like a a thing to tell where everybody plays, you uh-huh. know, uh, uh, a little book yeah. type of thing. And I open to the back page, and there's my picture in there. Oh. Suzanne Summers' picture is on the front. Okay? <laughs> and then it shows the fantasy winner of blah, 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 with my picture just like that. This picture here? Yes. <laughs> so, and then we, you know, so on through the times, and Mel and George and I, you know, when We'd play down at the Hobbit, and when they were gone, I would hire different people, Jeff Cumston, Eddie Weed, you uh-huh. know, different people to play, and, and I was the band leader there, and then when Mel came back, you know, he was, and we'd do a show, and it was great. Yeah. Uh, what kind of band leader were you? Are you? I'm a good band leader. I, I wanted, this is what I do. When I'm on a gig and I hire people to play with me, because I've already been through the frogs and, yeah. and, you know, coming up, learning the craft and all of that stuff. Uh, and I have been fortunate 
to have some very fine players. Mm-hmm. I don't dilly-dally around with what it is that I need. They know what I need. I'm a, I'm a singer. No matter what genre of music I'm singing, I'm a singer. Your instruments are louder than what I sing, although I can get out there. Yeah. But when I'm up there, I need you to do what I need you to do. Yes. And when I'm not up there, you can play anything you want to play. I'm good with that because I know you're, you're competent, you're capable, mm-hmm. you're talented, you're wonderful. I, I respect them, but they know. And I, I, they will never get a check from me that will bounce. <laughs> I don't play that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I pay them. They don't have to worry about it. They read music. They play like crazy. When I want to improvise, they're right there for me. Mm-hmm. They're laying right there for me. Mm-hmm. I cue them when I want to stop. They know. Yeah. They know. And so yeah. I'm, I'm respectful of the people that I play with. And so they give me respect back. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. that's good. You, so you know, you, so they uh, really. It's like anything else. If you know what you want, and if the people that you're working with know what you want, mm-hmm. you know. And if I start a tune, and they don't, it, they they mess that part up. I stop it. Oh, bam! Let's do that again. All right. And then when they come back in again, they got it. <laughs> you know, and, and it's rare that I have to stop. A tune. If yeah. something's not going quite right, you know, I just stop it because I remember playing at the old um, jazz um, down there in the old town. Oh, jazz, jazz the, the Opus. Opus. Yes, that was a fun place to that play. Was a nice place. The audiences were very rude, but <laughs> well, you know what? When I was there, they were always for me. Well, that's good. But I remember getting on the stage one time, and. Sang a song, and they started the next song almost like the beginning of the other. And I started to sing the same thing. Oh no! (laughs) So I stopped it, and we all laughed and everything, you know. But anyone can make a mistake, and a lot of times they can just clean it up right there. Yeah. But they know that I want it to be clean in the first place, and they they're there for me. Yeah. You know, they play at the right volume. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I want them to listen, let's, let's do it. You know, they, yeah, yeah. I can, they know what my signals are. I, I saw Albert King stop the band one time. And you didn't want to, you didn't want to be on the other end mm-hmm. of Albert King stopping the band. Because I remember he laid that guy out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just like, it was. <laughs> I can believe it. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> I remember being at, at uh, Ernest Dean's one time uh, to hear Carmen McRae. Uh-huh. And I don't know whether Ed Bennett was on that gig or not because I didn't know him then. But I know he's on that album, uh, Great American Songbook. Yeah. And so she was singing Gingy. Mm-hmm. But she forgot the wor- some words in the verse. Oh. And I, and I was sitting in the front and I told her. <laughs> it's blah, 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 blah. And she looked at me and she smiled. She said, where were you when I needed you when I was back in such and such and such and such a place? You know, she was very gracious. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I heard she could really go off on you, you know, but um, she, she probably saw that I wasn't, you know, trying to be smart. And she yeah. just smiled and, and then I got to say a few words to her when she got off and everything, but she could have laid me out. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by. This has been terrific. I mean, you know, best of luck. I know this. I know now how much this gig means to you. That it's 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 just not another gig. No, it's no, not. No, and uh, it's wonderful to be a part of. Hey, this. listen, don't go on until after my show. Just like <laughs> I'm supposed to go on. What time? I think I'm supposed to go on at uh, about seven thirty. You know, or well, I'm gonna miss it then. Oh, now when do you get off? Ten. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you know. I'm sorry you're going to miss it, you know, really. Me too. I understand, you know, but you have such a great show, well, you know. Thank it's, you. It's thank so you. worth yeah. everybody listening to. Before we go, you brought some pictures along. Oh, yes, I did. Forgot all about that. You know, here's the deal. Uh, back in the 70s, I was supposed to do a thing with the cool in the gang, you know, uh-huh. through the uh, yeah. Muslim thing, you know. And uh-huh. uh, something happened. That there was, I have a poster with that. And they didn't come or something. I don't know what went wrong. Yeah. But anyway, somehow my name got to Joe Tex. <laughs> and, and because I was singing by Shirley Brown at the time, uh-huh. not Shirley Nanette, okay? Yeah, yeah. And so even when, because I was the first singer to sing in the Benson, you know? Uh-huh. And so uh, I'm going, wow, that's so cool. So I ended up going to Texas to play with... Um, Joe Tex and Leon Haywood was on the on the gig, and, wow. and some guy from Alabama who played trumpet, you know. Uh-huh. So I get there, and it's so hot and muggy. I hadn't been down south since I was a little kid, you know, <laughs> 1954, you know. <laughs> and so I get there. First thing, he's trying to hit on me. Oh, oh. And I'm going, ah, oh, you know, I like your music, I, but I ain't. I'm not. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So anyway, then we we went uh, around Texas and did these little gigs, and they kept trying to convert me. Yassalam alaikum. I said, same to you, because I didn't know. I didn't know the greeting, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so they were determined that they were going to, they'd slip, uh, you know, things under my uh, door at my at motel I was staying. And I'm going, you know what, I, I respect you, but, you know, I'm not there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so anyway, so the gig we did, I think this was, this was New Year's in Diebold, Texas. <laughs> now the guy who had the place, he also was a funeral director. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was packed in there. Yeah. I had this dressing room; it was huge, but I caught the flu. Oh no! And I was throwing up and sick as a dog and. You know, trying to watch Dick Clark on the thing and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I had a picture. I have another picture with me and Joe Tex and the, the man who owned the place. I hadn't, didn't find that right quick, but next time I'll show you. Um, so here in my dressing room, this is Joe Tex. There on the is. back of it, uh-huh. he says, To Sister Shirley Nanette Brown, Assalamu alaikum. Sorry about all the fish, because you know they like to eat a lot of fish. And so he says, uh, but it will only help keep you as beautiful as you are. Yusef Hizis, Joe Tex. (laughs) So he went by, he was a minister then, and he had changed his name to Minister Yusef Hizis. (laughs) But he also signed it, Joe Tex. There you go. (laughs) You know. And this is back in the day. A lot of fish, huh? Yeah. You know, know a lot of whiting. A lot of whiting and beans and bean pies and bean pies. Be- man, they're good though. I, those, I, I, I used to. We had a 
I, around that time, around, uh, I guess, uh, late 60s, I guess, mm-hmm. um, when everything was changing and my neighborhood was changing, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, everybody who lived in those same houses were gone. Yeah. They all left. Yeah. I was there, but, you know. Uh, but there was a, there was a, a Muslim bakery mm. in the neighborhood, and I would just get them bean pies. I'm I telling know you it. the truth. They were good. They're really good. They're, they were they're really re- good. You know, they have some really good food. Yeah. You know, and I was wondering if they were going to give me the ones with a glass of them, but they didn't. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> you know, because they know that all around the world there are different color Muslim yeah. people. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's like, get out of here. This <laughs> was a, a tribute to... Um, in Wallace Park uh-huh. for Jack Howell, who was the person who used to play. He was the one that used to play in um, London Grill, uh-huh. you know, for uh-huh. dining, fine dining. Uh-huh. And then we talked and he just, you know, we had some music up in the Piccadilly, which is where they have the music now, but it's not as nice as it was when back in that time. So it was a bass, him playing piano, and myself. That's mm-hmm. where I met um, um, Room 222, uh-huh. what's his name, who was the principal? I, I, forgot. I forgot his name right yeah. now. I, my yeah. brain is going too fast. Yeah. And William Shatner. Oh. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I got to, and Maury Amsterdam and, you know, and some of these people, all these people. I, I got to meet a lot of people, you know. Yeah. And so um, that's when, um, this was for Jack's memorial. He was a hemophiliac. Uh. And so. Uh, so what about this other one? This other one. Uh. <laughs> How tall is that fro? Shut up. How tall is that? Everybody was saying, you know, you, why don't you wear it? I said, no, I've been there, done that. I'm not doing it no more. That I is am. a spectacular fro. Wasn't that a spectacular? It was spectacular. Now, see, this was, that was the big one. This was the short one. When yeah, I said, yeah. I, I can't do the big one anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was fun. I've been there, done that. I got a lot of pictures of different things. And, and it's, it's wonderful. I've had... A wonderful time in music. I've done a lot of things in my musical career, subbing for Tony Bennett with the Spokane Symphony. Uh-huh. You know, doing a lot of things and playing with a lot of different people uh, that I was blessed to uh, be a part of. And I just want people, you know, if music is in your soul, mm-hmm. then learn your craft. Learn what you're doing. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. get out there and they think, "Oh, well, I can do this." And I, it's more to it than that. Oh yeah. You know, you need yeah. to you need to connect with what you're doing, and and mentally, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. and so that's what I try to do. Yeah. Whatever type of music I'm doing. All right. I thank you so much, Mr. Tam, Tom, Tom Danton. Dan, can I say that again? Mr. Tom Dantoni. Well, thank you it so much. It is such a wonderful pleasure to have sat down and have this tete-a-tete yeah. with you. You're marvelous. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. And here's a tune from her famed first album, Never Coming Back. It's called all of your life.